Welcome to Onward, the show where we explore emerging social innovations and chat with social innovators. I'm your host, Daniel Weinsberg. As we've been discussing, there's a rising suite of tools that allows people the world over to begin doing things with their money that has previously been impossible. As blockchain tools begin to grow up, we're seeing a creative explosion of possibilities as innovators around the world begin programming money. Simple and elegant algorithms that enable simple if-then equations to sit on top of your digital dollars and coins, all this while cutting out middlemen, also known as banks, intermediaries, gatekeepers, snake oil salesmen, rent seekers, and the like. One tool that we've mentioned a few times in recent episodes is something called DAI, D-A-I. DAI is a tool from the company maker. DAI is a dollar-backed token, meaning it gets its value from the U.S. dollar, and it lets holders of this token make steady gains on their the dollars that are kept in DAI. So our DAI, which is kind of an, an offshoot of DAI, R-D-A-I, was built to give people a chance to automatically allocate the accrued interest that is gained from that passive dollar amount, that die that's sitting there in the wallet. So it's accruing interest, and the R die allows a recipient of your choice to be identified. So as interest accrues, you can code and say, not even code, it's you're the user. You say when you want that interest swept to whose account. So that interest could go back to yourself. It could go to your child's education fund or it could go to a charity or it could go anywhere you want. So in short, this tool makes it possible to accrue and contribute your cash assets without having to spend the cash that is accruing the interest. So it might not seem revolutionary, but you can do all of this without going to a bank. And the interest rates are going to be much better than you can find at any bank because there are no middlemen, brokers, rent seekers, or intermediaries skimming some of the fat off of your top. So a very exciting use case of our dice being forwarded with charitable ends. And today I am stoked to sit down with Victor of our trees. So our trees is a tool that sends your accrued interest off your die tokens to a charity that plants trees. This is just the latest example of how blockchain tech and innovators are focused on doing good and how DeFi entrepreneurs are experimenting to create a more sane, just, and sustainable economy. Without further ado, I bring to you our trees. Victor, thanks so much for joining me today from DC. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. Good, good. So I wanted to get you on the show because you are working on a pretty fascinating project that's taking off. Um, so can you tell us a bit about what our trees is and why it's so important? Yeah, sure. So um, for your listeners that are not deeply steeped into um, the Ethereum decentralized finance space, um, our trees is an app that's really aimed at the, the end users and the simple uh, sort of use of the app 
is that you donate interest that you earn on your stablecoin crypto to plant trees in the real world. And you do this and your balance doesn't go down at all. You don't actually see your balance decrement at all, but you're actually using the interest to do something good in the world. And we've had an opportunity to, to sort of test out this really new financial uh, tool. And we're really excited about what we've been able to uh, achieve so far. So how did you come up with this idea? So I've been excited about what's called um, RDI, which is the underlying tool here um, for about six months now. And the basic idea of RDI is it just essentially allows you to program interest that you're earning. So if you can imagine just having a normal bank account and your bank pays you usually a very small amount, but they pay you an amount of interest and that just goes into your bank account as frequently as it compounds. Usually it's you know, monthly or quarterly or even annually. Um, and that's cool and that's great when you're getting uh, money on top of your money. But what's great about blockchain is A, there's a lot higher interest rates that are available on stable coins, which are tied to the US dollar. Um, and then you can actually program what you want to do with the interest. So you could just do it just like a bank and you have it all come into your account, but you could start to do some pretty interesting things like saying, I actually want to support a charity or I want to support an open source project or I just want to send the money to a friend of mine, you know, like, and so you hang on to your original money, you're not putting anything at risk and you're able to redirect the interest outward um, as you see fit. And that was a really compelling idea to me because it kind of changes the way that we think about um, sort of the psychology of money. It doesn't feel as painful to, to see your balance down when you're just redirecting future interest somewhere um, as it does to actually like pay out of pocket, make that decision, and then you, that money goes away, you never see it again. This is about a kind of constant stream to support the things that you value. And so being excited about RDI um, and then realizing that charity was one of the great use cases for this because people, I think, oftentimes really do support things, but it takes a lot of effort to, to sort of make a commitment to make a donation and then that's yeah. a one-time thing and even when you have you know renewing um commitments it doesn't kind of go constantly and the um you know person that's receiving it doesn't sort of know um sort of how it's coming in and people can kind of stop all on in mass or not um, but essentially this is a really neat new idea about supporting the things that you value without actually seeing your your balance go down in your wallet um, and that's that's really compelling and so our trees seem like an obvious idea we partnered with a um a nonprofit here in the DC area called Trees for the Future. They've been around for 40 years. Um, they've planted hundreds of millions of trees around the world um, to sort of help, you know, uh, compensate for deforestation. Um, and so we're really excited about that partnership and we're really excited about this. Now we're in a very small little sandbox right now, but we hope to grow it in the future. So that was a lot. Uh, we could probably break that down into a little. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot there. Um, Curious, was it hard to get this uh, this nonprofit on board with accepting this financial instrument? Yeah, so we were very lucky. Um, here in DC, we're part of something called Blockshop, um, and Blockshop also uh, was founded by uh, some guys, Alex Wilson and Pat Duffy, who um, work for a project called the Giving Block. And the Giving Block is a, a project that has connected with hundreds of charities to essentially onboard them to receiving crypto as donations. And the way that it works is they essentially have a, a, module, a widget, donation widget, people that have crypto go, they say, I want to give Bitcoin or Ether or a couple other coins to uh, a particular charity. And then the giving block essentially does all the math and convert, converts it to US dollars so that the charity just gets money. They don't have to deal with crypto. They don't have to sell it. They don't have to hold it. They're just literally acting as a recipient for people that are now able to actually give um, crypto to the, these charities. And so... They, they were um, friends with and they had already um, partnered with 
trees for the future. And that was kind of what we used as our, as our introduction. Um, they were able to kind of give trees for the future a sense of um, vouching for us not being, you know, weird scammers or people that right. can't deliver. And we really almost built the entire thing um, before we actually reached out to them because it was such an obvious idea for us. And, and we were actually thinking about donating to the same uh, enterprise that Team Trees was using. Um, and we found that Trees for the Future actually has a, a higher trees per dollar rate of planting. Um, and we already had the, the connection there. So we're really happy to, to be partnering with them and they're a great organization. You should go to their website, it's trees.org. Um, so they got one of the, the early ones there. Uh, trees for the Future is a great, great charity. So at this point, can you calculate how many trees you've been able to plant with the interest you've generated funneled to trees.org? Yeah, well, funny you should ask me. You know, that's actually something that we uh, care about a lot. And so one of the things that actually shows up, if you go to our trees, so for your users, they can go to our trees, that's R, the letter R, trees.dappy, D-A-P-P-Y, dot dev, D-E-V, and that's the site. Um, and we tried to make it very uh, approachable for users, but you do need to have a crypto wallet through MetaMask for right now, because we're really just, this is a sandbox experiment. Uh, but even if you don't have a crypto wallet, you can check it out and see how it works. It's a cool designed website. And you can also see on this site, on the landing page, uh, how many trees we've planted. And what's cool is I can just look and right now, let me actually refresh to get the exact total um, for what it is now. It actually is calculating that we have planted um, since launching in January, 1,273 trees. Um, which is really exciting. Um, and we're planning at a rate of 10 trees a year or 10 trees per dollar is the, the rate that Trees for the Future uh, roughly estimates that their donations um, are able to plant. And the way this actually works, you can see we've got 9,400 die. So think of US dollars, $9,400 are being used right now to donate to plant trees. And so users sign up and you just basically what we call activate your die or your US dollar uh, backed current uh, stablecoin, and when you activate your die, it stays in your wallet. You don't lose. You know, if you take a hundred, let's call it U.S. dollars or die, you don't lose that. You just are essentially saying, "I want to take this money, invest it into a lending protocol that's giving out interest, and then redirect that interest to the charity." And so, 9,400 die are active right now, and at the current rates, and it's it's a wild moment right now for the interest rates. Um, they're invested in a protocol called Compound finance and those interests have been flying around recently due to big gyrations in the crypto markets and in the die borrowing markets um, related to the sort of overall global financial changes um, and so right now it's uh, it's about I think nine percent interest it's been as high as 20 percent recently it's been you know down to four percent um, it's pretty pretty crazy for these particular days but the idea that there will be a market for borrowing and lending, some crypto assets and that you can redirect the yield on it, that's gonna maintain, that's gonna to continue to exist regardless of you know, where this particular moment shakes out with regard to the interest on DAI. Um, but you can see 9,400 DAI at the current moment are generating um, on, on an annual basis, they'll grow over 8,000 trees per year. That's just incredible that you're able to calculate it to that umpteenth degree like that. Yeah, exactly. So, so what else do you think is possible when we start applying this this no loss charity concept to causes writ large. Yeah, so I am very, very, very excited about this. I mean, when I first kind of started working with RDI, I kind of felt like I had a conversion experience and now I feel 
for a long time, I felt like I was the madman who had come in from having a vision in the desert. And I was, you know, trying to scream at the top of my lungs about how exciting this was. Because what, what's really powerful about this is it's not just a new financial tool, which is cool by itself. It's that it kind of changes the psychological calculus of what giving feels like and what using your money feels like. Um, because we have these kind of cognitive biases that we always have to overcome whenever we spend money. Um, there's something called loss aversion, this idea that spending money or losing money is way more painful than gaining an equivalent amount of money. And so essentially people have a resistance to spending money um, and it feels painful to watch your balance go down by a dollar uh, more so than it, than it would to sort of forego going up by a dollar is the, is the basic idea of how loss aversion works. And there's a few other you know, psychological um, biases and, and financially um, minded biases that we have that, that really affect the way that we think about money. And a lot of these things are very much involved in how giving works and how charity works. I mean, if you listen to NPR ever, you know, a couple times a year, it's a week long of them really, really working hard trying to, you know, get you to overcome all of these psychological barriers to giving that people have, right? Um, we'll give you a shirt. We'll give you a wind-up radio. Exactly. We'll, <laughs> we'll let you hear the news. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of these things that I think could be very transformative. And it's very early days here, but the idea that you could sort of take future money that you are entitled to earn through some sort of lending protocol and just redirect it to the things that you value, I think that starts to move us much more towards a economy that better reflects our values, right? I think what we have right now is there's, a, there's a, one of the original sins of the internet, as Mark Andreessen talks about, was the fact that it didn't have payments baked in uh, as, a, as a native uh, sort of first-class citizen. And so everybody had to come in later and create all these extra products to make payments happen on the internet. But now it's all through advertising supported models and it's through, um, you know, credit cards that are all funneling through. And so essentially you don't have, you've got essentially like all the things you do on the internet that relate to money. And then you have all the things you do on the internet that don't relate to money, like everything that you like on social media or your posts on, on social media and your, you know, all, all these things that people do that are essentially divorced from money or to the extent that they're related to money, they're somebody else is making the money off of it, right? It's the platform or the advertisers as it were. And so the idea that you can use the crypto kind of revolution when people actually own their own uh, money and then they're able to natively move around with money on the internet and do things that are essentially what they, um, what they value and to have uh, economic implications for that. So, you know, we're not there yet, but you could use something like this to start to like, really align people's values with where their money is going in a way that doesn't even feel like spending. And so, you know, we've talked about this concept, we've, we've been throwing around the word, we've been trying to coin it. Um, the word is spendless. Um, so you're doing spendless giving here, right? You're giving without actually spending out of pocket. And that concept of spendless giving, I think is a transformative way of thinking about, um, you know, how people will, will relate to each other, will relate to the causes they support, and that hopefully in the future, people will be able to have um, the ability to sort of like redirect their, um, their sort of spendless giving and their spendless uh, behavior in a way that reflects what their values are. And it's, it's a pretty transformative idea, I think. And so Victor, what's your background? Are you, are you from the social sector? Are you a programmer? So I, from? I was a uh, litigation attorney at a big law firm for 11 years here in DC. Um, so I came to it from just kind of falling in love with blockchain. I, I had been interested in it for a number of years. And then uh, in 2017, um, they had DevCon in uh, North America and I decided to go. 
And I came back and I kind of had, I fell intellectually in love with it in a way that was, um, you know, really almost, I couldn't turn it off. And so I kind of decided then to, to shift over and left the law. Um, I still have a law license, but I don't practice currently. And I've been, you know, I taught myself some basic programming and some basic solidity and blockchain, but really what I'm interested in are our products and end user experiences and thinking about ways to, to bring these kinds of tools forward and, and really, you know, capitalize on, on some of the ways that we are able to do things that weren't possible before and help evangelize for that and try to make a better, more connected, more financially, you know, uh, valued and valuable system for everybody, including charities. I mean, it strikes me that Artrees is in a unique space within the blockchain space, within the DeFi space. So I'm curious, what other innovative solutions are you seeing out there that are focused on improving charity, incentivizing more philanthropic giving? Yeah, so I mean, I guess I'll also give another uh, shout out to the giving block here. They do a lot of uh, yeoman's work to really make sure that those connections are there, that the sort of pipes are connected between uh, givers of crypto and recipients of crypto and, and making those robust and something that charities are comfortable with. I mean, charities have limited budgets. Um, they're not, you know, typically spending tons and tons of energy on research and innovation. And so um, groups like the, the, the Giving Block that really kind of help make that transition and make that um, pipeline available are, are very valuable because without being able to actually, you know, have recipients that are worthy for crypto, we really don't have much of a worthwhile system. And that's, that's true for, for all things. That's not just charity, but, you know, this, this can't be something that is only a kind of a, a money that circulates amongst its existing users, right? It has to grow and be useful to the rest of the world. Um, and so I think that kind of building that infrastructure and those pipes between charities and, and, uh, and crypto holders is really, really valuable to start with. And so what keeps you up at night regarding the current model of funding good work, but whether it's social justice type work, uh, good health work, environmental justice work? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think, I think that the limitations of achieving those things are, are, quite apparent, right? There's a lot of, you know, inertia, there's a lot of um, obstacles to overcome to sort of get people to focus on an issue. And then to put their not just their sort of, um, you know, their tweets and their likes and their sort of affinity signaling um, efforts toward that, but to actually have it make a difference, that's really always been a, a huge issue. And I think it kind of also boils down to this general problem that crypto is also trying to tackle, which is about coordination, right? It's about how do we work together? Crypto is not, I think some people may have an impression of it that it's a kind of libertarian, I'm just in it for me, I don't trust the government and I just wanna kind of you know, be left alone uh, with my own money that nobody else can touch. And there maybe are some people in the community that have that perspective, but that's not been my experience. And certainly within the experience of uh, the Ethereum community uh, rather largely, it's a much more collaborative community and it's a much more, um, I think, uh, it's a community that recognizes that there are lots of ways for these types of projects to fail and to focus on some of the really early like meat space stuff, like the problems of coordination um, are really what we're trying to tackle and to find tools that improve it a little bit. I don't think anybody thinks like, oh, we're going to have the skeleton key that unlocks and solves every problem humanity's ever had. But if we can just do things better, if we can do governance better and voting better and, and value transfer and, you know, preserving capital better, all these things are like moving the needle forward for everybody. 
So if we play out our trees in the, the near to distant future, let's say you're, you're successful, what's going to be the impact in the world? Yeah, I mean, I think our trees is a really cool uh, experiment, but I guess like my, my vision in the desert is much more uh, involved, right? It's a much more, um, it's a much more interactive thing because our trees is really just almost like a simplified collection plate passing exercise where you're just sort of asking a bunch of people, hey, do you want to support this? It's essentially free to you. And then they can essentially allocate um, some money and activate it and they keep it and they just point the interest at this uh, charity. And that's cool. But I think what's going to be really neat is this idea of starting to really bring in social aspects of this and really have people be able to coordinate on things together within um, sort of a blockchain community or, or an app uh, itself and really start to say like, what if you could get a whole bunch of people together and it's a neighborhood community and you guys are just pointing the interest at something that affects your neighborhood in particular, or it's a lending pool for people in, in a developing part of the world that otherwise don't have access to their own financial services and they're growing a big pot of interest and then they can use it for very uh, specific things that are tied into what the community supports. So I think decentralizing it so that it's not, you know, an app developer saying, here's what I think people should be able to do with their money, but letting communities be able to sort of, you know, build this and activate this themselves. Um, I think it's not too far away. It's obviously still going to be experimental, but that's really what we're, we're thinking about for kind of next steps here is community-based uh, interest pooling and redirection. And so is the code open source on a GitHub page so folks can go check it out and maybe revamp it for a use case that is near and dear to their hearts? So right now the, the contracts themselves, so um, Artrees doesn't write any new smart contracts and I'm not gonna get too technical here, but what it is is just an implementation of what I mentioned earlier, which is RDI itself. And RDI is completely open source. Um, we made a, an RDI based dApp at um, East Denver called High Priests and that's at highpriests.rdi.money. And RDI is R, the letter R, D, A, I, dot money. Um, and that's a, a, a social, uh, social influencer-based giving uh, experience where you have people that are influential in the Ethereum community. They choose three worthwhile projects that they think are, are cool. And then people can essentially just kind of join the flock of the influencer that they like the most by donating to those projects, essentially. And so you create these little communities within it. And that's got an open source um, repository on GitHub um, that's available at github.org uh, slash rtoken slash contracts. Sorry, our token slash project, our token hyphen project. I should know that <laughs> down. Uh, and, and then all the open source code for Ardai and High Priest is there. Um, and that's where you can take a look. Okay, thank you for that. And so what, what do you say to the, the average person, maybe your uh, old colleagues at the law firm who aren't crypto savvy, haven't, don't have a wallet, don't own any Bitcoin, about kind of coming into the DeFi space, joining the blockchain movement? Yeah, I guess um, it really depends on who it is. There's obviously different entry points for, for most folks. I mean, I'd say for the most part, I don't do a ton of like, um, I guess, kitchen sink type evangelizing for people. Um, I don't say, hey, you're a person. Let me talk to you about why you should be in crypto. I think I wait for them to sort of show an interest. And it's been kind of funny because I think I live in Washington, D.C. And it's a relatively buttoned up town. Most people are relatively like confident that like, oh, the way that we're doing it is the way that we'll always do it kind of thing. And so I guess I if I lived somewhere else, maybe it would be a little bit more evangelical to all the people that I see in my day-to-day -day life. But what I'm finding is that um, there are, it seems like more people that are open to this and they've found little angles that they find interesting. And it might be decentralized finance is interesting. I think this concept of stable coins 
is really powerful. And I think, you know, some of it was when Facebook announced Libra, all of a sudden that like put the regulators and everybody in DC into a tizzy about it. And so they all started deciding that they needed to think about this and have ideas about it. Um, and so, but for whatever reason now, people have got thoughts about this experience and it's not so much a matter of, oh, that's just for drug dealers and that's just for crazy libertarians or whatever it is. It's now to the point where there are different entry points to it that are, that are really compelling. And I guess to me, this idea of individuals being able to manage their money in much more innovative ways, because essentially right now you have banks, right? And one of the promises of crypto is you are your own bank. There's a lot of problems with the usability of that, you know, transaction throughput is low. Um, the, you know, the code itself could break. Um, the stuff is real, really, really volatile. Even the stable coins themselves are more volatile than let's say the US dollar. Um, and so, you know, these things are really not built for mass adoption at this moment. But what we're trying to do is build out and think through all these things in a way that um, builds a system that is, I think that the term that we like to try to use is credibly neutral. So the idea that like when you design a system, it's not designed to favor existing power holders or money holders or whatever it is, but something that is a credible system that if you look at the rules, you could say, okay, maybe I'm not in an optimal position as to how these rules would affect me, but I get why that rule's in place. And that's the most fair thing for the most people um, going forward. And so we're trying to design these systems while our community is relatively small. And we're not trying to say, oh, we're going to then give it to the rest of the world and everybody else is in there. Because we always want to um, bring in people and share ideas and change it. And that's one of the cool, cool things about this is that you can iterate really quickly. You can learn how other experiments failed. Everybody's really, really open about ways that they fail uh, in community governance and in uh, technical design. And so this idea that we're all kind of radically uh, transparent with our ambitions and our failures and our um, learnings about things, I think is a really powerful tool. And the idea is that we're really trying to get to a place where we're giving people their own banks that actually have things that their banks couldn't do. Not so much you're just replicating a bank, but it's crypto and maybe there's a little bit less fees, but like right now you cannot do this in a, cur a current bank. It's not so much nobody's offering it, it's it can't be done. You can't redirect the interest and choose it yourself. And one of the things I didn't, I think, discuss about Ardai is anybody can choose who to send the interest to and to how many people. You don't only have to send it to a charity. You could say, I want 25% to go to a charity and the other 75% to go to my account. You could send it to a bunch of different uh, addresses. They all just have to be on Ethereum. And so this is really a cool use case and these are gonna keep coming and these are gonna keep coming and people keep inventing new things. And it's a little bit of the wild west, but there's a reason that we all moved west and settled the wild west because there was a lot of uh a value out there to to bring to people i, I so appreciate you uh how you just articulated that but also highlighting the the collaborative and transparent nature of kind of the the ethereum community the blockchain community and how they're going about co-creating these these experiments these tools um, yeah yeah I, i'm very encouraged by it i one of the things that i found especially hard transitioning from being a lawyer or at least what I was scared about the most was this idea of remote collaboration, um, that I was just so used to being in a room with people. And that was the way that we you know, shared ideas and got work done. And it took me a while to get comfortable with it. And what it really is, is that you just have to change your perspective on how you're sharing your own thoughts and how you're evaluating other people's thoughts and to be very explicit about that. And it really is, I think, a pretty powerful way of of transmitting um, information and suggestions and ideas. And, and there really is such a culture of, of doing it in the open and doing it in a collaborative way. Um, 
that I, I'm very, very bullish on, on finding new, you know, mechanisms to, uh, to sort of help us coordinate with each other in, in better ways than we've ever been able to do before. So I know you've perked my interest. I imagine you're perking some of the listeners' interest as well. So where can folks find our trees and maybe plug in or learn more about it? Yeah, sure. So uh, there's the website that I mentioned earlier, rtrees.dappy with a Y dot dev. Um, we're also on Twitter at, uh, at um, rtreesdapp, D-A-P-P. And then we're also uh, integrating with the status wallet right now. So you should be able to visit um, our trees through the status wallet before too long here. We're still working out the kinks, but it should be there before too long. And so you can explore it um, there amongst all the, other, all the other apps that are on there that you can discover as well. And we're looking for other ways to plug in, but we're really in kind of a, a sandbox mode right now. You know, like it's, it's cool to have 9,400 die here. Um, and we're excited about that, but we're really not trying to scale it up to the great masses of non-crypto native uh, folks right away. So we'd love to get input and suggestions about things, but I think we're kind of going to go slow and steady, try to get some good input about how people experience this and improve it, and then slowly and surely widen the net to, uh, to allow um, everybody to come play. Excellent. Victor, before I let you go, any last words, suggestions, or calls to action? Yeah, I guess I'm, I think that, you know, we're recording this on March 17th. Um, it's a very, very dire time. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of threat to a lot of different um, livelihoods. And I'm very, um, I guess, uh, concerned. Um, and my heart is going out to all the people that are suffering, you know, physically and, and medically, but also all the people who have a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen to the world from an economic point of view. And I think, I think, you know, having to be forced into this remote first um, perspective, my experience with what we've been doing in the crypto uh, experience of, of sharing community and transmitting things honestly and finding uh, people that share your values and continue to develop them. I, I would encourage people to plug in, find communities. The Ethereum community is a wonderfully welcoming one. Um, there are a number of different, you know, sub branches of it. MetaCartel DAO being, uh, or MetaCartel being a wonderful kind of introduction to a lot of different projects there. Um, but, but reach out to people and find each other and, and try to build the things that you think would be valuable. And by building, I don't mean you have to code it. I'm not a great coder. It's, a lot of building is sharing ideas with each other and talking through things and thinking about new ways of doing it. And the world is gonna need a lot of that over the next few months. And so um, I really encourage everybody to, to really be reaching out um, as much as the kind of instinct initially is to, is to shelter and, and stay in. The path to a more kind, just, collaborative, and accessible economy is being built as we speak. And that's why I'm so excited to share with you more stories and examples of the innovations from the front lines of the decentralized finance evolution, movement, revolution, whatever you want to call it. As we enter these unprecedented times, we need out-of-the-box solutions. We need creative reimagining, creative destruction of the systems that have been. And to me, that is what DeFi, that is what our trees, that is what DAI and so many of the innovators in the blockchain space are forwarding. So our trees is just one exciting example of how programmable money can improve our lives, further the causes we care about, and inspire additional riffs on the idea of spendless giving. 
You can access our trees and a myriad of other fascinating user-friendly DeFi tools by simply going to your app store and downloading a status wallet. As we go down the road of DeFi, I encourage you to test some of the tools I highlight, share others with me that I haven't highlighted, and give us all feedback so we can build better systems, highlight more impactful tools, and create a more sane, fair, and sustainable tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to the Onward podcast. It's your support, it's your feedback, it's your comments, it's your suggestions that are really driving this show forth. So if you've got any comments, feedback, questions, suggestions, connections, you name it, feel free to get at me at dweinzveg at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Daniel Weinsveg, spelled the same way. If you're enjoying the show, give it a like on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Make a comment, share it with somebody you think could be inspired, turned on, informed by the conversations we have here. A little social engagement on this weird technology mainframe goes a long way. Before I go, I'd like to give a big shout out to my dear friend, Jay Lately. Jay Lately's music is the soundtrack to the Onward podcast. So if you dig the tunes that's behind the music, the the intros, the transitions, that's all Jay Lately. Check him out on Spotify. He's been doing this work, following his heart, inspiring folks with his poetry, his words, and his passion for over 10 years. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, onward and upward. <laughs>